Sit down and cap with you here on 710 ESPN. I guess we're not going to do what you need to know. I want to so, do what you need to know. <laughs> I can still do what you need to know. I need to know. I mean, you could do to. I mean, this music, or we could just play the stager. Do we have the stager ready? Okay, because we could just do that. Um, nonetheless, um, while you get that ready, let me just give my Justin Herbert take here, and then we can do what you need to know. There you go. So, Justin Herbert, we were talking about what was it? Seventy-four percent, according to reports of the stadium this weekend is going to be filled yeah. by Raider fans. Yeah, they, it was a report by Vivid Seats. So one of these, you know, secondary sales of, you know, concert and, you know, game tickets. So Vivid Seats says they estimate 74% of fans in SoFi Monday night will be Raider fans, not Charger fans. So here's what I would say. This is the solace you could take if you're a Charger fan, okay? And clearly there's not many of you out there. Justin Herbert will be as battle-tested a quarterback as there will be, on top of the fact that he's already one of the more talented quarterbacks in the sport. He, he is going to be unbelievably battle-tested because of something we've just talked about. He is consistently on the road even when he's at home. Mm-hmm. And there will not be a more challenging home environment for him than this coming weekend with the Raiders, where the Raiders are literally telling everybody it's a home game for us. Right. And they got to deal with that. So if he can deal with that, and get the win against a good Raider team. I, I, I just think that that bodes well for the Chargers' future this particular season. On the other hand, if you're the Raiders and you can travel, I don't want to say go on the road, but if you can travel and you can win outside of your home stadium in Vegas, but in your secondary home in L.A., if you can travel and win, and beat a team in your division that's a quality team that's coming off a big win against what most people thought is clearly the best team in the division and likely to be the best team in the entire conference, if you're the Raiders and on Monday night on national TV you can pull the win over the Chargers in front of all of your fans, that's also a monster win and making you more battle-tested and ready to go for the remainder of the season. That, this could be a huge win for the Raiders, because to win a road game in the division is a really big deal. Yeah, I, I just think that with Herbert, this could be a blessing in disguise long term. But that's just that's just me personally. Maybe I'm crazy. All right, let's hit what you need to know. Hello, is this thing on? Hello. There we go. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lindsay, what do you got? Well, there's plenty of sauces to choose from at Buffalo Wild Wings, but the chain restaurant is shaking things up by adding the limited edition Doritos spicy sweet chili flavored sauce to its lineup. On Wednesday, Buffalo Wild Wings announced a new sauce inspired by the popular chips. It will be available for customers to order with chicken wings for a limited time. Uh, The Doritos spicy sweet chili sauce will feature a variety of flavors, including onion, garlic, brown sugar, soy sauce, and paprika. The wings will be coated with Doritos Spicy Sweet Chili Chip Crumbles. Every order will also come with a small sample bag of Doritos Spicy Sweet Chili Chips. Are you guys in on the Doritos wings at our lovely sponsor, Buffalo Wild Wings? So I I will say this. Before, when it comes to food, okay, I will try anything once. And I may or may not like it. And that isn't reflective of Buffalo Wild Wings because I love wings. And I love their wings, too. And they have a lot of other flavors that I like. Um, But it it doesn't sound super appealing to me. 
However, because of my golden rule of food, I will try anything once. I would give it a shot. Yeah, I'm not afraid of it. I'll give it a shot. But, I mean, seriously, I like to take a Dorito and put it on a turkey sandwich. I love the crunch. You know, do you, do you ever do that? Wait, do you ever wait, take wait, a Dorito wait, or a no, potato no, chip I, and you put it on the sandwich itself? Do I mean, I've seen that. potato chips, but Doritos? Oh, yeah, fantastic. That, yeah. yeah, terrific. But, again, just first thought here is mushed up Doritos sprinkled over wings. It doesn't sound great to me. However... If I'm open-minded and persuadable, like I think I am, I'm willing to give it a try. And who knows? Maybe I think it's awesome. Maybe I never can have a wing again the rest of my life without Doritos, spicy, sweet, chili, blasted all over. But on first thought, doesn't sound great. Doesn't sound great to me at all. Not super appealing. But again, I am, again, I'll give it all a shot one time. So um, I, I am, uh, you know, I love me Buffalo Wild Wings. I love Wingstop. I love all these spots. They're great. But uh, sometimes, you know, <laughs> when I used to get, when I used to work in Bristol, um, you know, Michael Smith and Jamel Hill used to have a show called His and Hers. And they used to have a segment at the end of the show. And it was just like a quick, like, last two minutes of the show. And it was called The, the Doing Too Much Countdown. And, uh, and it was things like this, right? Where just you, you're trying to think maybe a little too out of the box. And it's just like, mm, that. On the surface, that doesn't sound like it's super appealing to me. Maybe a little, doing a little too much there. Yeah, but on the other hand, it's like, you know, who does Buffalo Wild Wings appeal to? I know, like, my kids love Buffalo Wild Wings. And I'm like, uh, okay, if that's what you guys want to do. And they love it. And they love Doritos, and they love, you know, like, these spicy Cheetos or whatever. So they love all this kind of stuff. So I think that they're not exactly marketing to you and me, I don't think. So maybe the kids eat it up. Maybe they love it. Hopefully I can see not. people like my my uncle, who's a big Buffalo Wild Wings fan. My family loves it in general. It's like one of their favorite places to go. I could see my uncle being like, oh, I'm so there for that. Really? He's into it, yeah. huh? 100%. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> what You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Real quick on this, um, you know, we talked yesterday about Cliff Kingsbury you know, basically saying Matthew Stafford since high school is, you know, has had this crazy arm talent, legendary arm talent is what he called. And, you know, today Sean McVay was praising Kyler Murray and just one of the greatest athletes we have, yada, yada, yada. And look, coaches do all this stuff on these right. conference calls. Right. And, you know, they, I'm not saying that they're not being honest because, but they like to pour it on thick anyway. That's just kind of the way these calls tend to go. But I was watching PTI today and I found this to be fascinating. And I love watching PTI. Mike and Tony to me are I mean, they're, they're the reason that sports television, you know, sports show, talk show television exists. Um, so, but they had like a very simple question when talking about this particular matchup because Kyler Murray is incredible, completely different skill set, although unbelievable arm strength as well, uh, than Matthew Stafford. And then, you know, they, they asked this very simple question of, you know, if you could have one of them on your team, which one would you prefer? And I don't think it's an easy answer, to be honest with you. That's how much I think of Kyler Murray um, and his progression. I would probably take a slight lean towards Stafford just because of more experience. But that's really the only edge at the moment. Because, again, Matthew Stafford has a cannon, no doubt. But so does Kyler Murray. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that either. So I guess if I were going to answer this question... 
of course, I would start with a question, which is, do you mean who do I want right now, just player for player, right this yes, second? Yeah, yeah. I mean, who do you got, Cap? It's a very simple question. Well, Murray the, or Stafford? Who well, you got? I mean, listen. Here's the thing. If I were thinking long term, I might be thinking about the younger player. But if I'm thinking about just purely right now, and look, Kyler Murray, yes, he's got an incredibly strong arm, which surprises a lot of people because he is so short in stature compared to what we think of as a prototypical NFL quarterback. And look, some guys have broken that mold, especially in the, the, the most recent era. But Kyler Murray can do a lot of other things. Um, he can run the ball as well, and he can really throw well on the run. But again, you're just saying to me, look, you got to pick one or two. I mean, it's one or the other. You, you're the you captain on the team. You have a game for your life That's tomorrow. It. Right. Yes. I'm, I got to go with what I've seen out of Stafford. I, I'd rather have the experienced quarterback I'd rather have, you just use the phrase battle-tested, I'd rather have the guy with that much more experience and who's had to battle through so much adversity in his career. If I have to win a championship right now and you had Stafford over here or Murray over there and said, you pick, I got to go with Stafford. Yeah, listen, again, to me, that's the slight edge. But it it really goes to show you how far Kyler Murray has come. And and it's not going to be easy, I think, although he is 0-4 against the Rams. But this is the best Cardinals team, as you pointed out earlier this week, that uh, has played this particular Rams group. So I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be one of the best games on the slate this particular weekend. And there's a lot of good games there on are, the slate this weekend. There are a lot of good games. I'll tell you one that I'm just thinking about. I know it's only Thursday. But e even though we saw the Rams destroy Tampa Bay last weekend – Tampa Bay going to New England, you talk about a ticket. You talk about a hot ticket to try and get. Could you imagine what it is to get a ticket to see Tom Brady return to Foxborough to face off against Bill Belichick? He's going back to New England with his new team, his new Super Bowl ring, his favorite tight end, and, and Tom Brady will be playing in New England. So, look, there's a lot of great games this weekend. Arizona and the Rams is one of them. Monday night, the, the Raiders and the Chargers is one of them. But, man, Tampa Bay at New England on Sunday night football, that, I don't know if it's going to be a great game. That is no, it's certainly be a, terrible a game. very interesting matchup. The Bucs are going to destroy them. Like, yeah. destroy them. It's a seven-point uh, seven line. Tampa Bay is a seven-point favorite. And I actually think I would take the road favorite and give the seven points. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that game is going to be very close, personally. So, um, it, it may sound like a good idea, and it's going to be cool for like a quarter or a half, and then that's about it. Like that, Then after that, it's not going to be all that close. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Belichick has something up his sleeve, and, and it's why he's arguably the best defensive coach, and maybe coach, period, um, in NFL history. But I, I just I think the talent disparity is too much there, personally. So Coming up next, speaking of talent, the Lakers have added a ton of it. And one guy is ready to hold a lot of people, but especially AD, accountable. We'll tell you who that is on the other side. Stick around. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let me explain something to you. If you haven't driven down 
any major thoroughfare, wherever you live, whatever part of the city you live in, on like a Saturday or Sunday morning, or even Saturday or Sunday evening, with the windows down, the wind rolling in through the, uh, through the, through the windows, jamming this song out loud, you haven't lived, is what I would say. <laughs> yeah. For anybody that has not done what George just described, do it, or you have not lived. But I know what you're saying. I love this song, too. Yeah, you have not lived. That is the reality of it. You have not lived if that is the case. It's going to be so, stuck in my head all day now. Sexual healing, oh, sexual, uh, uh. Healing, baby, is good for you, uh, uh. Why you you turn every this. song into a Bob Dylan song. Well, I don't yes. know the lyrics. When I don't know the lyrics, I go, uh, uh, uh. That's what I do. Yeah, why, why do you, why, it's not, it's like Bob Dylan meets like, like Diddy on the old Biggie tracks. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just weird. It's like, just when just I run like, out of the lyrics, you know, it's like sexual, something that's good, it's good, see, it's just, I lose the words, but I still want to sing the song, but I don't know them. So instead of making up the words, I just, <laughs> I mean, you could learn the words. I could, I could do that. It's not a bad yeah. call. Could pull up the lyrics and just sing them, but you know, you don't want that. Speaking of great uh, musicians like Marvin Gaye, I saw this picture rolling around the internet where Mick Jagger, of all people, was like rolling around Charlotte and just like popped into some bar with like a patio and just like randomly was like hanging out, just having a beer. And I was just like, what a random place to have Mick Jagger, you know, just like, hey, hanging out at a bar in Charlotte of all. Places. It was so weird. I like, wonder what is if the, uh, the Stones were playing in Charlotte. And the only reason I ask is because a friend of mine called me today and he was telling me that he's going to see the Rolling Stones in Pittsburgh this upcoming Monday night. They're playing at I don't know if it was PNC Park or it's Heinz Field or in one of the two stadiums in downtown. And I was like, wow, okay, because didn't the drummer of the Stones, um, didn't he just recently die within the last yeah. maybe two months or so? Yeah, he did. So I, I wonder, because I, I didn't know they you were still Mick touring. You think and that's why he's going to Charlotte? No, I'm wondering if they had a show in Charlotte, and that, that's oh. why he would be there and just kind of walk into a bar and stop in and think, I mean, hey, I'm Mick Jagger. No one's going to recognize me. I'm in Charlotte. Yeah. You know, I'm not a NASCAR the, driver. place called the Thirsty Beaver Saloon, mm -hmm. and – he he tweeted out the picture himself. Um, Nick did. Yeah. And the co-owner, apparently, of the Thirsty Beaver, Brian Wilson, uh, tells uh, local media that Mick Jagger went unnoticed last night. Turns out the people uh, to the right of him in the photo he took have floor tickets to the show, and they didn't even realize it was him. That happens all the time, where, you know, you think that you would recognize somebody as famous as Mick Jagger, but... Sometimes it's easier to just hide out in the open rather than trying to hide behind closed doors. You know, I have a buddy of mine, George, um, who's a singer for a band. Uh, the band is called Candlebox, and they were kind of a um, like a grunge band back in the early 90s. So when Pearl Jam and Nirvana and these kinds of bands were really starting to explode, Candlebox was there, but they didn't explode with the rest of them. Right. So one night, uh, this guy, Kevin Martin, he's the lead singer. He came down to San Diego, and I went with him to the House of Blues to, to see his show. And he looks like kind of a dork, you know, like when he's not in rock gear. 
So we go backstage and he takes off his glasses and he takes off his hat and he takes off his sweater and he puts on like rocker gear and he goes out on stage and he tears the place apart. Place is going berserk, comes backstage after the show, puts back on his dork gear and we leave and we walk right out. And it was one person, one person was like, oh, my God, Kevin. Oh, my God. Like nobody really recognized him as he hid in open space, like right out there in front of everybody, just put on a show in front of 2,000 people, walked right out the door in his dork gear. Cool. I mean, it's well, it not Mick Jagger, but I get it. You know no, what I'm no, saying? No, it's like, not Mick Jagger. Of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it happens. I mean, I'll give you another example. I, I was, um, I don't know if you've ever had one of these like random run-ins, you know, but um, I ran into Jimmy Buffett at a restaurant. He was having lunch in a restaurant. Now, he had played a show the night before, and he's stuck around town, and he's having lunch in a restaurant, him and a couple of people. And I'm like, I'm telling you that's Jimmy Buffett sitting right there at that table. And everybody's like, no, it's not. That's not Jimmy Buffett. I'm like, I'm telling you, that is Jimmy Buffett. And, of course, I walked over and said, hello. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? And nobody in the place knew that was Jimmy Buffett. I mean, it happens. Yeah, no, it definitely happens. I've had plenty of random celebrity sightings. I mean, I told you the story about Adele. I ran into her at Magic Castle on a New Year's, like sitting right in front of me. It was insane. That's hilarious. And, yeah. I mean, she just wanted to hang out on New Year's, you know? So. I was at Disneyland one day, and um, the parade was starting at night, and George Lopez was standing right next to me. And my daughter's like, Dad, that's George Lopez. And I'm like, no, it's not. And she's like, yes, I'm telling you, it's George Lopez. So I'm Googling on my phone. Like, I'm trying to compare the picture of George Lopez that I can find on my phone. And then I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking at George. And I'm going like this. Basically, why? Basically, 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 why? Like some of my favorite George Lopez, like, you know, things that he says in his stand-up. And he, now he's hearing me. And he's like, okay. So he looks at me. I look, I'm like, George? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, dude, huge fan, big fan. In fact, I had just read his book at the time. So we talked a lot about his book that night which was written by Armin Katayan. You remember that name, George? I do, the CBS guy, yeah. Right, and I was like, yeah, you know, uh, Armin Katayan, this book, and I wrote it, I read it, and he's like, hey, you know Armin? I'm like, yeah, he's like, can you connect me? I'm like, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it was I, I, just totally random. George Lopez standing right next to me. My kids ID'd him, and I didn't. Yeah, George Lopez follows me on Twitter. Don't you feel cool? I love him. I, I think do he's too. great. I do too, yeah. huge fan. I'm a big fan. It's one of my coolest follows. I'm uh I'm I'm still with just Jody Watley. Jody, what's up, girl? Thank you yeah. for the follow on Twitter, but I mean that's kind of what I got. I got Jody yeah. Watley. I don't have George Lopez. Well, I feel like George Lopez, you know, representing for the Latinos, you know, he had to follow me, you know, especially he's a big sports fan, obviously, so there's that equation too. Yeah. So um real quick, um, I mentioned the Lakers. So last year you and I spent a lot of time um with with L Z as well on the show, talking about Anthony Davis, right? And how Anthony Davis needs to be pushed a little bit. And, you know, whether it's LeBron or somebody, like, there are just moments where he needs to be nudged, right? Like, he needs to be pushed. And Russell Westbrook has already straight up said, yep, I'm going to be all on that. You know what I mean? Now, they have Rondo, who's been good at, was good at that, too. But Russell Westbrook straight up is like, I'm going to make Anthony Davis the best he's ever been. And look, a Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis pick and roll, for as much as we talk about a LeBron, Anthony Davis pick and roll, I, I mean, Russell Westbrook, and him can be ridiculously dynamic together, both freaks of nature athletically, um, still very much at the peak of their athleticism, and even for Russ, who was 32. And, you know, Russ has got that demeanor, dude. Like, he doesn't mess around. Like, no bleepery with him. Like, you got to be ready to roll. 
And if you're not ready to roll, he's going to make sure you're ready to roll. Like, there are no days off with him. And I think for LeBron, having him and having Rondo specifically, so he doesn't have to always be the bad guy, quote-unquote, with Anthony Davis in those situations, is huge for the Lakers. Yeah, I feel like LeBron is the CEO and wants to sit above it all. And it's great to have a couple of vice presidents of sales, marketing, business development, whatever, who can, what I'll say, do the dirty work, if you will. You know, I don't want to get into his grill and I don't want to have to do all of that. You guys handle it. And so, you know, I think this gets back to what we were talking about yesterday when Kendrick Perkins was saying that it's LeBron who will adjust, you know, rather than than Russ who will adjust. And I was saying to you yesterday, you know, if you've got somebody who's hyper-talented, take advantage of all of that talent. Don't ask, uh, you know, don't try and stick a square peg into a round hole. You know, let that guy do what he does. And if Russell Westbrook is the kind of player that pushes people, motivates people, uh, demands the best out of people, don't try and tell him, hey, man, you're new to our team. You know, you're, don't, don't do that. He's been here. He's already won a championship. Uh-uh. Instead, do the opposite. Let him do his thing. But I would ask you this. You say that, that AD's the kind of guy that needs that push, that nudge, right? Well, I mean, you, you look at his history, sure. I mean, why do you think that is? I mean, for, for as talented as he is, and, you know, having already acquired at least one championship, having the security of, of you know, a, a, a deal that's in place for the next three-plus years or three years or so, mm-hmm. I mean, why, do you, why do you think he has that reputation of a guy who needs that? Because LeBron doesn't need that, and, you know, I, I don't think that, that Russell Westbrook needs that. I just, why do you suppose AD is, is reputed as a player who needs that? Why? I mean, look, everybody's demeanor is just different, man. Like, that's just it. Like, I, I, I think that there are just plenty. I mean, think about, like, in sports in general. Um, you, you know, there are certain guys who are unbelievably talented, and need a little nudge and need a push. I'm just trying to think, like, historically, whether it's I mean, the NBA or the NFL. Was, Sha- like- was Shaquille O'Neal a guy that you look at and you think back on his career? Because, you know, we all know the legendary stories about him and Kobe getting into it and Kobe telling the story of, you know, I'm in the gym all night and he's out rapping and, and doing his thing in clubs. You know, why am I in here working well, while I think not? No, no, no. I think with Shaq is different because Shaq – you know what? I love we have Radio Tinder coming up, right? Um, how, how long is this break, Alex? This one will be uh, two and a half minutes. Okay, I'll just say this real quick then. With Shaq, the difference is, and you know, Laker fans will remember this. He he always will say, "I'll be there when it counts." You know, and 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 he was right. In the biggest moments, he was always there. Whether he was in shape in the regular season or not didn't matter because. When the playoffs hit, he was ready to roll. And, you know, I think for the most part, that's been the case with AD, barring injury. Um, granted, we have a very small sample size as a Laker. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I don't think he's Shaq. No, I mean, I, I don't think they're the same, if that's what you're asking me. But we can dive into that further after Radio Tinder. Everyone's favorite segment, Radio Tinder, the most popular segment on this station, is coming up. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. 
With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, Linz, what do we got? All right, guys, so a man claims to be a time traveler who has visited the year 2118 and said that he has photographic evidence of what the future has in store. Alexander Smith, and no, not the former quarterback, said that he traveled to the future on a top-secret mission for the CIA, adding that it was an experiment that he would never forget. Speaking to Apex TV, he said that aliens will soon visit the Earth and make contact with world leaders and that World War III will break out after a conflict between the U.S. and North Korea. To back his claims, Alexander took a photograph with him and presented it on the air, and it appears to show a futuristic city with green skyscrapers. I think it kind of looks like the Emerald City from Wizard of Oz, but that's just me. Um, the man said, I visited the year 2018 as part of a top-secret CIA mission. As to my knowledge, it was one of the first times that time travel had successfully been completed. Okay, well, this guy's story sounds a little bit far-fetched, but do you guys believe that time travel will ever be possible? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Uh, yeah, I would swipe left. I mean, ever is a long time. <laughs> so I do believe that we will have the technology to do things that um, will allow us to travel in time. I do believe that um, we will be able to go even further uh, in space beyond just this galaxy. I think all those things will be things that eventually uh, will happen. Um, Whether they'll happen, you know, (laughs) in our lifetime is probably far-fetched, but I do believe that things like that will happen because evolution is constant. I'm going to swipe right. I don't believe in any of this. Um, that I don't would know be left. What... Yeah, yeah. Well, left. You swiped left. Yeah, I was going to correct him, but I didn't. Okay, okay. Well, then no. I swiped right. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'll swipe left. So I just don't believe in any of this stuff. And I wonder, you know, what was the name of the media outlet that you said that he was on? Apex TV. Okay, I don't I know who Apex a, TV is. I don't know where they are on the dial. You know, I don't know uh, if they're considered a credible news source. I, I'm just unfamiliar with Apex TV, so you'll have to pardon me. But. I mean, this guy. Why is that even relevant, though? Who cares where he did the interview? Well, because I'm wondering what media outlet gives this guy the time. You know, is he on CNN? Is he on MSNBC? Is he on uh, ABC Nightly News? I mean, I just find it interesting that some news outlet or some media outlet is just going to give this guy the time to share that the CIA sent him 100 years into the future. And here's my photographic evidence as if somebody couldn't Photoshop and do this on their own. I'm swiping left. I'm not. I, time travel is awesome in the movies. I don't believe it'll ever happen in real life. I think it will someday. Hopefully. I mean. Wait, wait a second, though. Like, are you serious with this? Because, I mean, based on that, you would have never thought we would have electric cars. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I, you don't think life evolves to that point where ever? Like, the word ever is pretty damn huge. No, but when we talk about time travel. Are you telling me that you believe that one day you and me could get into a No, not vehicle. you and me. I just said not in our lifetime, probably. Okay, so, no. so, okay, 100 years from now, okay, 
my great-grandson and your great-grandson can get into a time capsule of some kind and they'll be able to travel back in time like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I don't rule it out, no. I mean, yeah. again, if you would have told me, if you would have told someone in, I don't know, 1925 or 1930 mm-hmm. yeah. that they would have sent a rocket ship to, to the moon, they would have thought you were out of your damn mind. True, and if you would have told somebody in 1965 that you will carry in your pocket a computer that is more powerful than any computer currently on planet Earth, people would have right. thought you were out of your mind. But Correct. that's not time travel. That's technology. But what do you think time travel is going to evolve from? You'll have to excuse me, George. Um, I just don't believe in time travel. Okay. Well, you know what? You're not going to be in the reboot of Back to the Future then. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that they're going to have George and Scott's excellent adventure. Oh, my God. All right, next. Okay. Go all right, yeah. all right. All right, so podcasts have fundamentally changed the way that people consume audio. And for that reason, a few years ago, September 30th, which is today, was named International Podcast Day. To celebrate International Podcast Day, Apple Podcasts released the top free channels and the top subscription channels since the subscription service launched three months ago. While you can find those lists of the, you know, the top channels on my Twitter account, at Lindsay Baseball, I just retweeted it, wanted to ask you guys, do you pay for any podcasts or podcast subscription services? Swipe left or swipe right? Cap. Um, I will swipe right. I hope I'm swiping the right way. I don't that subscribe. That means yes, you do. So no, there you I don't. go. You're, you're wrong. So yeah. you don't. That's a swipe left. Okay, I'm going to swipe left. I do not subscribe to any podcast services. Any podcast that I listen to, I do, you know, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever else. Um, or, you know, I, I might watch a podcast occasionally on YouTube. Um, but even like this weekend, I was driving and I was listening to a podcast on a network called Podcast One. And it was free. And, you know, there are ads, but, um, but no, I don't pay for any podcast services of any kind. And there's so much content available that I can't see myself really wanting to pay for any podcast services. So, no, I'm out on, on paying for podcasts. Um, I will also swipe left. I, I, just because there's nothing that compelling to me that I can't get elsewhere, right? Like, now, I, do I think eventually that's going to be part of the model? somewhere um or a larger portion of it will be will be something like that sure um I, you know you've already seen it with spotify they have some of their subscription stuff right uh you know pandora that's music i understand has subscription i mean clearly sirius xm right is a subscription so you know there will be more of that as time goes by but just not there's just enough content as scott said for me not to feel the need to have to spend the money there what's the name of that there, there is a, a service where um, you know, and, and you don't have to be a big superstar. You don't have to be Joe Rogan, but I'm trying to think of the name of the service where people do pay for some podcasts. And again, I can't think of what the name of Spotify. it is. Yeah, but it's, it's not that, but it's something else. But anyway, yeah, I just don't, I don't see it. And, and people have told me, they're like, you're crazy, man. Cause I do a podcast every day and people are like, you're crazy for doing that for free. And I'm like, um, you think that my podcast listeners are going to pay for this? Cause I wouldn't. Well, I mean, I pay for Spotify to be ad-free um, because I listen to a lot of podcasts on there. And then I also subscribe to a couple of Patreon. There it is. Patreon, That's what I was thinking. Patreon. Yeah. Thank you. A lot of people do that where they, they may have a regular 
free subscription or a free podcast on whether it's Apple Podcasts, any of the platforms, but then they do extra episodes. So I listen to a ton of true, true crime podcasts mm -hmm. and my favorite one is Crime Junkies. I also like one called Swindled and both of them have the free ones on Apple Podcasts and the other ones and then they have bonus episodes. So if you pay like $5 a month, you get like anywhere from like one to three bonus episodes and those shows, I can't get enough of them. So I'm happy to pay five dollars to these you know they're just regular people they're not these big huge companies making a ton of money off of ads and stuff so i'm happy to pay patreon to get extra episodes all right next all right a turkish man who got drunk and wandered into the forest later unknowingly joined a search party to find himself according to bizarre <laughs> local reports bayan mutlu reportedly left his friends after a night of drinking and walked into the forest after se several attempts to call Mr. Mutlu over several hours, the alarm was raised and teams got together to start the search for him. At some point, volunteers began shouting his name. Mutlu became confused and then asked who they're looking for. I am here, he reportedly told them. Police then realized the man they were looking for had joined his own search party and gave him a ride home. <laughs> Have you guys ever been so drunk that you had people legitimately worried about you? Swipe left or swipe right, Kaplan? Mm, swipe left for me. Not that. I haven't been that... <laughs> No, no, that has never happened to me. I mean, I've been plenty drunk, but usually it's uh, it's with people. So there you go. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to swipe left as well. I can never remember a time where I was that inebriated. And by the way, you know, remember, I grew up in a time that you know, before cell phones, if you will. And um, I can never remember a time where people are like, "We can't find him. Where'd he go? We lost him." No, not that drunk. See, I personally have never been that drunk, but I've had friends that have disappeared. And, you know, say when you go out with a group of girls, single girls, and someone you leave and someone is not with you, it's a cause for concern. Um, I have one friend who's, like, notorious for disappearing. But usually what, what has always ended up being the case was, like, she just goes home and doesn't tell anybody she's going home, and she's perfectly fine. So nothing serious, nothing bad, but that's definitely happened in my friend group before. Yeah, I had one friend that did disappear. This is a few years ago at the Super Bowl in Indianapolis, and I remember saying to him before we went out, I go, listen, we leave no man behind. We stay together all night. And then he just completely disappeared. And when I got back to the hotel room, he was passed out on the bed with, like, fast food all over him. I have a friend who, when we were young, he was kind of like a little, he had a little Frank the Tank in him in some ways, not the streaking part. Um, but like he, he would literally tell you, like he can tell you uh, as we got older, hey, this is the one. And when he would say that, it's the one that's going to put him over the top, right? Um, and, you know, most times we were really to roll the dice, you know? And, uh, and see what, what the night turned into. One time um, we were at a nightclub. And a friend of mine was um, uh, a manager at this nightclub, and I was not there with him at the same time with my buddy, right? So I, my buddy's already there. I'm pulling in. I'm walking in. And as I'm walking in, my, my buddy, the manager, grabs me. He's like, bro, I don't even want to talk about your boy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I see the bouncers just throwing him out. And I'm like, what just happened? He's like, just come inside. We'll talk about it. So I go inside. And he told me he got so drunk that he was leaning up against the bar in, like, the patio portion of this nightclub and uh, didn't want to have to wait for the line in the bathroom. It was just going right there. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, man, I know. The last time I got kicked out of a place, it wasn't for that. It was for something else, and I was humiliated walking out of this place. They didn't bounce me, but 
they kicked me out and it was pretty embarrassing. Wait, what's the difference? Um, Between being bounced and kicked out. Well, I mean, the way George just described it, the bouncers. Wait, the bouncers grabbed him and threw his ass out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they, okay. They just told you to leave. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. They were like, "Hey, what are you doing in here? Hey, 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 what are you doing? Hey, get out of here! Leave! Yeah. Get out!" And I like walked out with my head down. Well, why don't like, you tell oh. that story on the other side? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. By the way, never watched one episode of Murder, She Wrote. Same. Same. Don't know the lyrics, if there are any. If not, I'll just go, (laughs) but yeah, don't know it. Um, Angela Lansbury, I'm sure, look, she had a long run on TV. I'm sure it was a show for a lot of people. It just wasn't for me. I felt like that was an old person show. And I was a very young person at that stage of my life when that show, I was literally like in elementary school when that show was on. So wasn't my thing. And CBS is now less so over the last decade or two, but kind of still in some ways, the old people network, you know? Well, it definitely was. I mean, that's why they called it the Tiffany network, you know, cause it was like, Hey, everybody got to be here uptight and careful with everything you say, you know? I yeah. believe me, I but worked even for their, CBS their for a shows, long time. I mean, like their program. I know they had, what was that nerd show that everybody loved? Um, uh, nerds? No. <laughs> the, sure, the show with the nerds, the, 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 uh, the, like it was very nerdy, like nerd culture with Maya Bialik or whatever oh. was on the show. Oh. Uh, Blossom? No, bro, Blossom was NBC when she was a teenager. Oh, all right, well, at least I got the right actress. Um, I know what you're talking about. What yeah. is that show called? Dang yeah. it! With Sheldon, they've got and... a new they've got a new spinoff of when yeah. the guy was yeah. a kid or Big something. Bang Big Bang Theory. Theory. Big go. Bang Theory. Big yes, Bang. That, that bang show. Bang. Yeah, that show. Like that, I guess you know was youngerish, and then they had the show with Charlie Sheen for a while. Um, that, uh, two dads two and a half and a, men. Yeah, two that was men. not as for as old, but you know, generally speaking, a lot. I mean, look, there's a lot of CIS or NCIS or whatever with a bunch of people who have been. I mean, Dan Harmon, right? Like people like who haven't been on TV or movies in a long time. Um, no disrespect, because they're getting a paycheck and people are watching, but it's just not for me, dude. Like historically, CBS, um, you know, beyond their sports. Uh, their programming has not been for young people for the yeah. most part, I would say. Yeah, although I used to love CSI Miami. What's the guy's name? Uh, redheaded actor. Uh, what's his name? David. Um, uh... Yeah, him. Oh well, his character's name show, so in CSI know. Miami was Horatio Kane. David Caruso. Yeah, him. Now, that was a good show on CBS. That I liked. Yeah. Didn't watch CSI Miami? Kid from Miami doesn't watch CSI Miami? Why did I have to watch CSI Miami? I lived there. Oh, but you didn't live the, you know, the episodes. I mean, you weren't a CSI guy, were you? you My sister DNA. literally worked CSI in Miami. Well, I literally didn't know that. <laughs> so I didn't need to watch CSI Miami when my sister it was, you know, before she retired, was a CSI cop. Wow. Like crime scene that. investigation cool. was her thing. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. Not so awesome when you've seen a lot of cadavers over mm. the years, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I could handle that job. Like I couldn't yeah. be a paramedic, I don't think. 
you know, cop. You know, you see a lot oh, of stuff. One of my out nephew, there. one of my nephews is a paramedic. Tough job. Not man. fun either. Yeah. No. But look, man, the special breed to do firefighter, paramedic, cop, all that stuff. Like that's not for me. Military, clearly, clearly, like not for me. So why were you drunk again and got thrown out of a place that you didn't want to give us any real details about, other than you got thrown out of the place, but not physically thrown out? Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Nobody like manhandled me. You know, nobody had to like pick me up and throw me out the door. You know. But, um, you know, listen, George, you're a little younger. You're doing stupid stuff. You're drinking in a place. You know, you connect with somebody of, uh, you know, somebody who's female. And then, uh, you know, you, you go to the bathroom together and, you know, you're in the female bathroom when you're really not supposed to be and you lock the door and it's taking a long time and people are knocking on the door. And then the manager comes and he opens the door and he's like, what's going on? Oh, what's go? Oh, hey, get out of here. And then, you know, I had to take the walk of shame, you know, and go through the place and. Buddy of mine was sitting at the table, and I looked at him, and I gave him, like, some, some motion, like, dude, I got kicked out, me, her, this, that, you know. And Yeah, it's very embarrassing. You know, stupid. Dumb. Embarrassing. <laughs> you were stooping someone in the bathroom. You are absolutely 1,000% correct, and thank you for using the proper Yiddish terminology. Stooping is precisely what was happening. And, uh, and then they saw you, and they, they didn't put their hands on you. They just told you to get the hell out. Yeah, they're like, would you, A, stop that, and B... Would you please leave the establishment, sir and miss? And so we did. Mm. And what Very did the lady friend do? Oh, she, she also left leave with me. you? She left with me, yeah. Okay, she good. She left, yeah. Okay. Anybody ever did else? Did you finish stooping somewhere else? No, well, I don't, you know, it's funny that you asked that question because now, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure. <laughs> Wait, no, if it's not sure, then I don't know. Yeah, I think the answer is probably not, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. actually worse, I feel like. I know. It's not like in the middle of it, the guy's like, hey, get out of here. I was like, hey, hold on a second. Give me five more minutes. It wasn't like that. Yeah. It was total embarrassment, humiliation. Wow. Then the night ended just like that. Cold yeah. turkey. Mm. By the way, hilarious tweet that you have responded to. <laughs> Earlier, I was telling a story about how Mick Jagger was at some bar in Charlotte. They had just performed a concert, and like he was hanging out having a beer, and nobody recognized him, even though they, he had just had a concert. Um, and I, and then you told the story about your pal from a band called Candlebox who right. wore some sweater, um, and that he wasn't recognized after doing a 2000 people concert. <laughs> well, uh, street beat Pete tweets us as at Sedano. <laughs> hey, no one recognized Mick at Scott Kaplan. No one recognized the singer from Candlebox who wore a sweater. That dude can't be holding a mic, can be holding a mic, wearing a Candlebox shirt. No one would recognize him. <laughs> I, my whole point was, you know, no disrespect. Look, being a musician is awesome and fun. And no matter what kind of crowds you're playing to, the fact that you're doing it is tremendous. And I'm jealous. Uh, but, right, the fact that you put him in the same sentence as Mick Jagger, even though that wasn't your intent, was pretty no, hilarious. My point was, very simply, that if you're a celebrity, and granted, my buddy, I wouldn't call him a major celebrity, but he had just gotten done playing a concert, and we literally walked out the front door with the people that had just watched him perform, and nobody recognized him because he changed from his rocker gear back to his dork gear. And my point was, is that you can hide in plain view, and sometimes that's actually the smarter way to go. When you're a celebrity. Now, Mick Jagger's a monster celebrity and an international superstar. And my buddy's a celebrity to a small number of people that remember his albums in the early 90s. You know? But the Jimmy Buffett story is the same thing, though. I mean, Jimmy Buffett is a huge star, too. And he's sitting there having lunch at a restaurant. And there's not one person coming up to him. Right. Not but one I feel like if you would have gone with Buffett first. Like, I feel like everybody was so, like, fixated on you talking about your boy from Candlebox. Um, and, you know, in the same sentence as the Rolling Stones. And, uh, and I think had you gone 
with Jimmy first, yeah. right? It's about yeah. placement, okay? Mm-hmm. Had you gone with the Jimmy Buffett story first, Linz, am I, am I right about this? Had he gone yeah. with the Jimmy Buffett story first and then said, oh, and to boot, on a much smaller scale, my yeah. boy from Candlebox, yeah. then yeah, I think that it wouldn't. people wouldn't be laughing and going, what? what well, I agree. Unless yeah. this were back in like 1997 or something, back when Candlebox, I'm a big fan of Candlebox. I wouldn't recognize the singer, but back yeah. then. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think people are now fixated on my stooping story. I think that's yeah. kind of now the next well, thing. Well, we, we've moved on, thankfully, yeah. uh, well, that, to the stooping. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, anywho, um, real quick, you asked me a question a while back about Anthony Davis. And if, if, I, if I correlated him into Shaquille O'Neal. And, and look, I guess loosely you can say there's some correlation because Shaq wasn't always ready to roll in the regular season, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, Shaq always showed up when you needed him. And um, I think that the sample size isn't big enough on Anthony Davis to say that one way or the other. Now, he showed up in the 2020 finals, and you know Dave McMiniman told me the other day on the jump that he told Anthony Davis, if you can be the bubble Anthony Davis, they're going to win a championship, and it, you know, it rests on you. Uh, do you know that? He laughed and was like, I guess we'll see. Um, and, and, you know, I think he needs to know that, that he's the difference in this team winning a championship or not. Well, I think that the story you were telling though, was that Russell Westbrook is the guy that has already, I guess stated, I don't know if it's like publicly stated or if this is just kind of like said it out loud that he's going to be pushing Anthony Davis and he's going to make him better. Well, that's great. That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's incredible to have that sort of a personality that you can show up, be on a team that just two seasons ago won a championship, be with the most overwhelming personality in the entire NBA and really probably in all of sports, and you can walk in and feel like, you know what, even though these guys already have won a ring together, um, this is who I am and this is who I need him to be for this whole thing to work, and I'm willing to put my leadership skills to the test and I'm not taking a back seat to anybody. I'm walking in and I'm being me. And if being me means being a leader, I say good for Russ. Yeah, I, I think that that's exactly what he was brought in for, on top of obviously helping, you know, with the offense, especially when LeBron's not on the floor. But look, I and I think it helps LeBron, as I mentioned earlier. LeBron doesn't have to always be the bad guy with AD in that spot, which, look, can't be fun. Like, it's not what he wants to do. And having a guy like Rondo, who clearly has uh, the respect of everyone in the locker room, including Anthony Davis, having played with him now multiple times, New Orleans and with the Lakers. And then you've got a situation where Russ is like type A of type A's. Like if there was such a thing as an A type A plus personality, that would be Russell Westbrook. You think uh, LeBron is going to be telling these guys like, hey, Rondo, hey, Russ, come over here. See me in my locker here for a quick minute here. Maybe, uh, maybe. Hey Let's talk more about that on the other side. Plus, the Dodgers. Are we feeling better? I know I am, and there's a specific reason. We'll get into that coming up next.